There is no guarantee for success, but there are ways to get closer to it when you do the right things. Who you surround yourself with is just as important as what you do. Finding the right people, the right classes, the right activities, and taking the right tests are all decisions that shape your future. Find out more today on Destination University with Dr. Cynthia Colon. Dr. Colon and her guests will give you the tips you need, whether you're a student, parent, or educator. Now, here is your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon. Are you a dreamer? Have you always been a dreamer? I have. As a child, I dreamt of becoming the next Mary Lou Retton. As a teen, I dreamt of attending college and living in a dorm. And later, I dreamt of being a newscaster, an author, and living by the ocean. If your child has big college dreams or big life dreams, and dares to share them with you and with the world. This show is for you. If you have no idea how or where to begin in your search for colleges, this show is for you. You see, my guest today, Kevin Hudson, grew up in New Jersey, and at the age of 13, before his mother passed, she instilled in him the value of a good education. Kevin shares his journey to Princeton University, and you will learn exactly who helped pave the path for him. Teachers, coaches, mentors, and even his high school peers. Today, Kevin has the incredible opportunity to help pave the path for teens across the nation. Kevin Hudson's bio is filled with impressive schools, organizations, and serves on the boards and scholarship programs for many. More impressive than his resume is Kevin's enthusiasm for demystifying selective college admissions and opportunity. This episode offers insight for every family, no matter your background, and reminds everyone that we can all dream and dream big. Welcome to Destination University, episode number 45. Today's lesson, push yourself, pursue your interests, plan ahead, and dream big. Okay, folks, so before we dive into our episode today, I have to announce this week's Double Scoop Star Student of the Week. It's Miles. Miles came to... Uh, came to me as a sophomore. That's when I met he and his parents. And I learned how driven and smart and passionate Miles is. And he is passionate about learning. And specifically, he's passionate about science and engineering. He loves it. And as you can imagine, he has nurtured this love of learning since he was young, but with reading, math Olympics, watching YouTube videos, computer programming, joining the robotics team at school. He serves as a calculus tutor. He's volunteered for the hospital. And the list goes on and on about all the things that Miles does. But you know what I remember most about Miles? Before I left 
his home just almost two years ago. Gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. I remember most about his love of snowboarding. So as I asked more and more questions, he really just lit up as he told me about how he fell in love with snowboarding just about six years prior to our meeting. And anyway, he went on and he just, uh, like I said, he lit up. And so when I meet students like that and we talk about different things, it's obvious the things that he you know, is doing and pursuing in his love and his pursuit of his dream of becoming an engineer. But we talk about coolness factors, something that's sort of different and unique about who you are and what you love. And that is what stands out to me about Miles is his love of snowboarding. So anyway, to get a jump start, Miles took my essay boot camp class last summer before his junior year, and it did not surprise me when Miles became the overachiever among the juniors and completed twice as many essays as the others. <laughs> I can't wait to have him in class this summer. So in terms of this week, I couldn't think of anyone more fitting than Miles for today's episode, which is all about pushing yourself, pursuing your interests, and planning ahead. Leave it to Miles to always have a plan in pursuit of his dreams. Congratulations, Miles, on being this week's Double Scoop Star Student of the Week. Well, hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dr. Cynthia Colon, author of the book Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens. Welcome to Destination University, where we explore extraordinary people who lived ordinary childhoods and found a pathway to college. If you are a parent of a college-bound teen or a champion of one, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Consider me your step-by-step college admission coach and cheerleader. By being here today, you are helping to grow the community of informed families across the nation. Thank you for joining the movement. Hello there and welcome, Kevin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Cynthia. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Oh my goodness. We are so excited to have you. It's such a treat um, to have you because as just before we went live, I shared with the listeners a little bit about your bio and your background, and you're going to bring such a wealth of knowledge and information to our listeners. So thank you for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're too kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Let's just start by sharing a little bit about sort of what you're looking at outside your window. I'm going to assume, like myself up until recently, I had not been to visit Princeton University, and I imagine most uh, of our listeners have not. So just share, give us a sense of what you're looking outside your window, Um, share the landscape of Princeton. Yeah, and I, I wish I was looking out onto something much better than what I'm I'm, I'm viewing. Um, I was in the center of campus. So I'm actually going to give you that vision of the central of campus, which is trees, um, falling leaves. Actually, many of the leaves have already fallen. Um, um, kind of classic buildings. Um, we have something called Wick Cleo, which is a classic um, um, two buildings that... Um, um, uh, white buildings um, uh, against the contrast of our brick and um, um, brick building. So it's, it's a lot of classic university settings that you might see. So um, um, just beautiful foliage. So uh, when I was there in May, it was just gorgeous. And I, um, it was sort of, like you said, it, it is classic. It's a, it's a classic 
style that you see back east. So I want to just be clear with our listeners because you know Good I'm point. in Cali- and I'm in California, and it's a very different um, style here. So when you sort of see movies and you see the traditional um, back east colleges, that's exactly what Princeton looks like. Sort of majestic, really. It's really gorgeous. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm probably I, I couldn't do it justice in my description. So. <laughs> <laughs> that you did a much better job. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those colleges you just have to go and see because you kind of yeah. can't believe it until you see it. So, I, I definitely encourage students to go online to our website, princeton.edu, and look at the images section. You can kind of really see what the campus may look like. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You, you can get a sense right on the website. Exactly. Now, um, as I said, I shared with the listeners already your background, so they know sort of the end of your journey of getting to college. You know, you end up at, at, at Princeton, your alma mater. But share for us sort of before, you know, leading up to that, share a bit about yourself, um, you know, your family background, your, your, what were you like in middle school and high school? What was your journey to college, Kevin? Thank you. Yeah, I, um, I, I had... Um... Grew up with two loving parents um, who worked very hard. Um, unfortunately, um, my mother actually passed um, when I was um, 13 years old. But um, prior to that, um, you know, both of my parents, although they did not attend college, they were committed and, and shared with me and my sister and, and encouraged us that college was a pathway to better opportunities for ourselves. Um, to have options and power and choice of jobs and living and living locations, and so um, was very involved academically in in uh, middle school and um, ended up being recruited to attend a high school um, in in um, northern New Jersey, a private high school called Del Barton School, um, where I earned a full scholarship um, that paid for me. To, to go to that school. I was actually the only African-American in my class. Well, one of two, and then finally the only one in my class of 100 so students. Um, and, you know, I was one of the low-income, working-class working students um, in my school community. But there was a, um, a commitment at the school to um, uh, molding young men to be leaders, um, to think critically about the world, and to really be, be challenged, um, to, to, um, to be um, um, inquisitive. And so um, had a great, um, um, some great teachers there and advisors, um, um, a counselor by the name of Father Giles. And as I look back, this kind of really encourages me um, um, about the importance of quality informed inv- advising. But I had a really good advisor who, Um, really encouraged me to think about a broad range of colleges while my parents um, pushed me to attend college. um, They, they didn't graduate college and I had very little sense of college other than the local colleges I may have seen in the Newark, New Jersey area, uh, which were great universities, but didn't really know much else. And then I participated in a summer program during my junior year between junior and senior year called the New Jersey Scholars Program, which was on the campus of the Lawrenceville School. It was a rigorous um, interdisciplinary um, program of study. And I met um, about 30, 
31 other top high-achieving students from throughout New Jersey and started hearing from them where they were thinking about going to college. And Princeton was down the street. And so it opened my eyes to a range of colleges that I might attend, um, and including Princeton. And, um, you know, as I started to think about what I valued, the honor code at my high school, the access to teachers, um, to, to quality instruction, to independent research, Princeton kind of kept coming up. Um, as well as places like Williams and Haverford. Um, and as I look at my college list, there were other colleges that were totally not any of those things, uh, a Howard or uh, a University of Maryland. Uh, but it, it made me think about a, a broad range of schools. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. Listeners, write this down. I say they're golden nuggets all, all the time. And Kevin is going to share so many. And he just did. He dropped about four bombs right now. So I what I picked up on is... Um, your setting, your environment, uh, and that, you know, there's nothing that could replace that. It sounds like you were really in a great place, uh, training and molding you to be a leader, uh, critically, uh, critically think about the world, inquisitive. And then you mentioned that the importance of quality informed advising. I love that, Kevin, and really looking for that. And, and students should go in to see their counselor. And if they're not getting everything they need from their counselor, to, to seek some good advice from other mentors. You mentioned Father Giles. Um, and then I also want to mention that sometimes mentors uh, steer us in a, in a direction that we take advantage of opportunities, like your summer program. Mm -hmm. Then you're informed by your peers. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Those 30 students that were also top students, as you said, that were there on the Lawrenceville campus, you were listening to where else they were applying. And then it opened your mind up even more. And is that the, is that the first time you had heard about Princeton at that, at that summer program? You know, I, I, I'd heard about it before because some of my, you know, classmates or schoolmates at, at, at my high school attended Princeton. Um, but you know, you kind of know about it, you know, it was something I thought about, but didn't really know its meaning or significance to, to the extent others do, as I know now. <laughs> right, right, right. So um, walk us through then. So you, you find your junior going between junior and senior year, and you hear all these colleges. So then what was your senior year like? In other words, how many schools did you apply to? You know, what was your uh, senior year um, like? Yeah, you're taking me way back here, uh, way, way back. But um, what was my senior year like? I mean, I remember it being, it was a blur. And I'm sure some of the, uh, some of the students and parents out there are thinking about their own high school experience right now and, and seeing it as, as somewhat intense and, um, like it'll never be, it'll never end. But actually, when you look back, it's all a blur. Um, I I remember. So one thing happened between my junior and senior year, or it might have been my sophomore junior year. One of the things I had to do is I had to. I ended up actually having to take, and I don't think I did this my senior year. I might have done it before, but I want to make sure I get this out there. I actually um, went to my local community college and took a geom, I believe it was a geometry course, so that I could make sure I had calculus by the time I was a senior. Um, because I had arrived at, at my high school 
and I would not have 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 been able to sit for a calculus class by the time I was a senior. So I always encourage students to think about that as they think about their high school career. If for some reason that's their path, um, and the local community college or other colleges are great for that in coordination with your high school. Um, the other thing, um, you know, senior year it was a blur. I mentioned a range of schools that I applied to. It, I think I may have applied to about eight schools. I'm not, I, I, as I look back, I'm not positive, but I think it was about eight. As I look back, I, 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 I you know, the honor code was really important. Um, some experiences, I, I wanted an HBCU on the list. I wanted a couple of large state schools, I remember at the time. But I really value small liberal arts colleges and places where I would have a relationship with the teacher, uh, with faculty and professors. Um, so when I mentioned the names of some of those other schools I considered, that was the reason why. Um, what I remember most about senior year, besides just the hard work and um, you know the great experiences of, of, of um, leadership and things of that nature, um, Rodney King and 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 those things were going on at the time, the LA riots. So um, that was very um, impactful. Um, doing community, doing service that I cared about. Uh, working um, back home in the local community was important. But what I really remember is the is that April, uh, or actually the the spring of junior year, of senior year, visiting colleges and universities, um, and meeting so many amazing people and having to decide about these colleges. Um, but I remember having options, which was, I was lucky to have options, but I learned so much about myself, about what I valued, about what experiences were important to me, um, um, and appreciated that colleges actually paid for me to go visit. Um, visit the colleges at, um, because it wasn't affordable. I, my father couldn't drive me. I took the train often, right? Or I, um, um, I, I was a coach. Uh, I had a coach in high school, um, Mr. Hyde, who also went to Williams, who drove me up to visit Williams. Um, so there were special, there were people in my, in my life who I had shared my goals and aspirations who were, who I could trust to be supporters um, advocates and guides in the process um, that I may not have had, you know, I may have said, oh, I can't get up there. Why even go visit? And may not have been exposed. But, but, but really letting people know what my dreams were, what my goals were, and, and, and seeing them supported was something that was really valuable to me. Throughout the senior year, I applied for a program called Inroads as well, yeah. um, um, an internship program that was amazing. Um, development for me as well. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you are taking me back as well. I was a, a gosh, a sophomore or junior in college during uh, the LA riots in, in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and so it does bring out some things. There was, sounds like there were a lot of things going on that put you in a state of reflective, in a reflective state. Um, you were applying to college. You had to think about those essays. You had to write about yourself. You had to and you shared your dreams with other people, which is really key, I think, in this process. And you said something really great, Kevin. You said, I had options, which, of course, that's hopefully the goal for everybody to get to senior year in, in April and have choices. 
and you went to visit, which if you have the means or if you found, find a way, and in your case, you found a way to get there, you meet a lot of people along the way and you really see which colleges align with who you are and what you value in a, in a different way than just ap applying with paper and sort of seeing it on the website. When you, when you visit, you really, you really see that. So what was it about Princeton that uh, you've mentioned the honor code a couple of times, so I'm guessing that's it. What was it about Princeton that when you got there, you saw, you thought, or you, someone you talked to or a student you met that you thought this is the right place for me? Yeah, and I mentioned the honor code as more of a, a proxy in a lot of ways for a, a culture of, um, um, of, of people respecting each other, um, um, respecting their community, um, of trust, and things of that nature. You know, when I went to visit Princeton, I remember one time I went to visit, um, I stopped in, I was really interested in African-American studies. And I just stopped in to, at that time, it was a, a program, a, uh, not a, a major, but a minor, a concentration. And I stopped in and, and Cornell West um, actually opened his door and, and, and talked with me for a few minutes. Now I'm some, you know, scruffy um, high school student, senior, who probably didn't really know that I wasn't really sure. I, you know, it was really interesting to me. Um, but, I, you know, I was like, well, if he'll make that time, if a professor of his renown would make that time for me, then what must be happening for students who attend this university full time? Um, and I think that was representative of the of what I valued and what I saw as so special at Princeton. Uh, how amazing <laughs> to go to visit Cornell West and have him chit chat with you as a senior in high school. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Now, you know, during April, I think I, when I was at Vassar, I would say, oh, everything is, you know, everything is blooming. Everything is beautiful. The tulips are here. Everything looks and shiny and we all put on our best. But, um, but you get a sense when you, like you said, when you just walk into a classroom, you get a sense of what it's really like. Yeah. Um, that all bells and whistles. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, is there, you, you've mentioned quite, quite a bit about what you, what you did right. Um, is there anything that you, is there anything that you would look back and say, gosh, um, you know, was that, that, that was a little bit of a mistake or what advice would you give your, yourself now if you could, as you know, what advice would you give your younger self now? Yeah, I, you know, I was, I, I, I was thinking that might be one of the, uh, that probably is going to be one of the questions. And I look back at my younger self, I don't know what my younger self would have listened to. So, <laughs> um, and, and um, you know, that's the reality of being a, um, you know, I, I had, well, the other great part about Princeton is there were some really amazing administrators uh, who were mentors here, um, who, you know, I look back and the advice I would give myself is the advice that they often gave me. Um, and, you know, one, I, I wish I had traveled abroad. Um, you know, I was very interested in diversity and different cultures um, and sometimes limited myself because, you know, coming from an urban uh, African-American um, community 
um, you know, all that traveling abroad stuff, you know, you don't know what could happen to you out there. You just don't, um, you know, you, you focus on safety. Um, yeah. But I, I really wish I had taken advantage of those opportunities while I was here to get out of my own comfort zone mm-hmm. um, um, in the American context. Um, that's one. The other thing is, and this is what my mentors often told me is, and, and sometimes students can go too far with this. Um, in my case, I was a leader on campus. I was very involved with um, uh, a range of um, activities. I wish I had focused a, a bit more on myself and, and my development and how to take full advantage of Princeton for that development for the long term. You know, and what's, what's often challenging, especially when you may not have had family that have done it before you, is knowing what that even means, right? Um, how do you take advantage of this place? Um, and, and try to find, again, trusted advisors within your school that can give you some guidance, maybe multiple people you talk with um, that can help guide you. Because it's hard, but there are ways... This is, the only, this is one of the, the few times in our lives in, in undergrad and college in a traditional setting for those who, are, um, who don't have other responsibilities. And so I'm being biased as I talk about this. But even with those who do have responsibilities of all kinds, <clears throat> by how they can fully be, develop themselves um, and focus on themselves a, a, bit, um, a lot more. And so... Um, I wish I had thought that through more. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and, and many other teenagers, right? I think that <laughs> college, I mean, I, I could, I could, I wish I had a job of just traveling around and visiting college campuses because every time I learn about another uh, college, I hear about opportunities and, um, and you're right. Uh, I, I too wish I would have traveled abroad. So I think that, most students leave college wishing they would have done something more. But what you're saying is tra- you wish you would have traveled abroad. But what the reason you're saying that is because you wish you would have not limited yourself and got out of your comfort zone is what you said. Listeners, write yeah. that down. Get out of your comfort zone and sort of learn how to navigate college. Even once we get to college, nobody is there to guide us and say, you know, you, you should do this and you should do that. There are people there, but if you don't go see them and seek them out, their guidance, there's, there's advisors everywhere, you know, you, you may get through and go, oh, shoot, I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and what, you know, and, and Princeton, I was part of a program when I came to Princeton called FSOP, which was a two-week enrichment program that prepared, you know, tra- students who may not traditionally attend Princeton or a school like Princeton, um, an opportunity to think about how to navigate it. Um, and, you know, th- that was an amazing program. It went from two to six weeks. And then the university recognized it needed to, it needed to have a, f- a four-year program. And so we started something called Scholars Institute Fellows Program. And on other campuses, this might be the, um, um, the, a TRIO program on your campus or so Equal Opportunity Fund that's in, in New Jersey um, or, or a um, student success program. Um, there are professionals, people who work to actually guide students through the process. That's their everyday activity. And places like Princeton, 
we've actually had, we've recognized that we can't assume that all students have the background to be able to just navigate the place. Um, there needs to be um, uh, administrators and faculty that are thinking about that and supporting students in that process. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, and a place like Princeton, you have plenty of people to turn to, so take advantage of that. You know, I wanted to mention that one of the things I said that I went to visit Princeton in May, and one of the things that uh, sticks with me is, I think it's called the Bridge Program, or it's like a gap year that students can apply to, and yes. if you're selected, I think, they, I think they said they select about 40 students that come up with their own ideas and travel or do whatever it is that they've um, created uh, on Princeton's dime, uh, Princeton pays for it. Is that, do you know the program I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, it's an amazing program. It's called the Bridge the Bridge Year Bridge Program. Um, and students are able to spend a year um, internationally um, outside of the U.S. Um, engaged in work, um, some study, um, fully funded by the university. Um, and then, so they're deferring a year in essence. Um, Princeton fully funds that, no matter the student's financial background. Um, and then when they start, they start with the next class that they would have um, enrolled, enrolled with and um, begin their time at Princeton. And what we believe is that experience um, allows students, one, to gain another year of maturity, but to really think about, um, more, most importantly, to think about how they might impact the world through their education at Princeton um, by that year abroad, um, engaged in, in civic work or, or, um, or community work of some kind. So uh, maybe the, perhaps the treat here is, is that you used to work in admissions at Princeton. And uh, I, th I believe, was that your first job at Upon graduating from Princeton, you worked in the admission office because I know you've had a, a career, you know, sort a of career since spans. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my first full-time professional experience was was working at, at Princeton as an admission officer. Yes. <laughs> wow. So what that must have been like, right, to go from uh, a, being an applicant to being a student and then to being a, sort of on the other side, right? Everybody wants to know what's behind the green curtain. So, <laughs> but uh, in terms of when, you know, during your time uh, at Princeton in the admission office, or actually perhaps any time, you've been an educator since then, really, describe a student, a tale of a student um, that has stood out for you, and what makes him or her stand out? Yeah, and, 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 and since leaving admission, I've, I've had the... Um... Um, opportunity to serve on um, to read for the Gates Scholarship, oh, yes. amazing scholarship, and Jack Kent Cook fell, um, Scholarship and Dell Scholars Program, just to put some scholarship programs out there for people to consider. Yeah, good. And I, I must say, I, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to focus in on one particular student, but I I can't tell you. Um, you know, you read so many amazing stories and students. And what, what stands out when you're reading is when you feel, and I'm going to use this probably, or I'm going to use this word over and over again, when you feel the authenticity in their writing and what people write about them, where there's confirmation. Um, and you see the students 
you know, the students who don't just say, oh, I have an interest in music, but you, you don't even need them to tell you that because in everything that they've done, they pursued this music love to the nth degree and challenged themselves. You know, they've been on the chamber orchestra if it's at their school, or they've done something in the regional orchestra, or if there's a philharmonic um, in their area, um, or they've done some summer program aligned with that. You can see that love and that passion, and then you see the achievement with it. Um, I think that story is true no matter what the interest of the student is or um, that when you see confirmations of their, you can, you can picture them by what they've achieved and done. Um, not just uh, by what they, you know, kind of say is an interest, but you, you really feel it in everything that's in that, doc, in that um, application. Uh, you just, yeah, you're speaking my language. You use the word confirmation and authenticity. Um, and I use the word evidence. Show yeah. me the evidence that yeah. don't just say you love music uh, or surfing or whatever it is, um, but show me what have you done? What evidence um, can I just see without you even saying it? I, I love that you said uh, someone says I love, I have an interest in music, but they don't even need to say it because they've shown it. Um, exactly. and, and there's confirmation there. I love that. I I often, I, when I talk with students and, and families, um, you know, they ask me, well, so what's most important? And community, community service, that's a requirement of applying to college. It's really important. And they look shocked when I say no. And the reason I say no is it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter to you, right? It only matters to the extent it matters to you. So you can tell the student that they list all these community services an hour, one day of the year. No, that student service isn't important to them. But there's another student that you can tell by how they've been committed to it that they're actually interested and engaged in it. Um, and so sometimes students are doing these checklists when they really need to think about, if I was looking at this, would I really think that person was into service? No, you wouldn't. So do what you if, you, if you want to do service, then do something you actually care about that's related to service, not just doing it as a checklist item. I just had to put that out there. No, no, absolutely. I, I actually talk about this in terms of giving permission for students not to do service. If, yes. you, if that is not your thing, yep. I give you permission to not do it. Yep. But... But how will you, else will you fill that time? What else will you do? And I, you know, sometimes can help them find, I call it their coolness factor. What is your coolness factor? Something you like to do. Something that's yep. cool, cool to you. It may not be cool to me, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so it doesn't matter what you do. It matters why you do it. Indeed. So, um, good, good, good. So in terms of... Uh, you know, this mysterious process, it feels overwhelming to families and students when they're going through it. And as you mentioned, senior year is quite a blur. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so what is the one truth that you would want to share with people that maybe we don't know? I, I mean, uh, I think that 
I think that everyone does believe there is that sort of what's behind the green curtain. This is this is all a game. This is a, lot, a little bit mysterious to me. Um, but what can you what shed, what light can you shed for uh, our listeners in terms of what is the one truth you want them to know? Yeah, that's um, it. Uh, there's there's a, there's a, there's an admission saying. Um, the truth depends, right? It depends. <laughs> um, and so that one truth I would say is to not so much try to figure out how, what someone else wants, but, you know, I, I think I've, I've seen it written in many places, you are enough, right? You are enough. And um, I, I think it's hard for families to believe that, for students to think that. Um, but, you know, I mentioned authenticity before pursue what you care about challenge yourself um and 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 you know do it with rigor um and and share your story share your story um and i think sometimes students are always trying to figure out well my story is not enough there has to be something else and and i think that story that, that continues to be what people think because they focus on places like Princeton. Look, a place like Princeton, Harvard, Yale, the Ivies, um, there are about there are a certain number of schools that have a less than 20% admission rate, or in our cases, a less than 10 or 5% admission rate. So let's be honest, right? Your admission to these universities it's partially by all means doing the hard work that you, that you've done, but it's also luck. <laughs> and so it's important that you are not underestimating your value in the, in, in the, and, and potential fit in a large array of colleges and universities. Um, and that the one truth is you will be all right. Right, the, no matter where you go, if you work hard and it's a truly fit school and you've thought about it and taken advantage of the opportunities there, there will be opportunities that reveal themselves to you upon graduation and beyond. And so it's important that you not become so hyper-focused. I hope students come to attend Princeton, apply to Princeton, but don't become hyper-focused on that is my only route. There are a range of amazing colleges and universities that can be a, a truly great fit for you. Um, some, by all means, may, may advantage some students in other ways that, that others aren't um, at others, but, but don't ever think that um, you are not enough along those paths in terms of telling your story. Uh, I want to, I, I, my immediate reaction is to say, sing it, sister. <laughs> you are preaching. Um, yes, yes, yes to everything. <laughs> Listeners, if you didn't catch all that and write it down, I, I was really rigorously trying to uh, write everything down, but you'll have to rewind on this one. There's a lot there. Pursue what you care about. Challenge yourself. Do it with rigor. Um, and don't underestimate your value. All really, really great stuff, Kevin. My gosh, see you have you 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 are doing you are doing what you're meant to be doing at Princeton. There, I appreciate you. Uh, so.
So the book is called Tips, Tales, and Truths for Teens. It's my book on how to navigate this process. It's 33 tales. And so I do like to, to ask, of course, I've asked the truth and the tale. And before we get to the tip uh, that you'll offer, I want, to, I want everyone to know and hear from you um, what your role is now. And what I love about what you do is that you sounds like you connect or coordinate with some special programs and some summer programs to help um, maybe high school students become more aware of Princeton. So share with our listeners who are listening and they are, you know, they could be in middle school right now, which maybe they should be thinking about Princeton right now if they're thinking. Well, right. (laughs) So share with us what, what should our listeners know what they can do to learn more about Princeton? Yeah. um, So in my role, I, I, you know, what Princeton, Princeton recognizes is that, you know, not everyone will necessarily attend Princeton. And unfortunately, many students across the country who could be well matched to attend Princeton um, or other peer institutions, um, often students, schools that are more afford colleges and universities that are more affordable than them even attending their local community college or state university or them not considering their state flagship um, mm-hmm. aren't informed about the pathways. And so um, I have the, 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 the um, honor actually to leverage Princeton's resources um, to support this effort to expand access of um, traditionally underrepresented low to moderate income students at selective colleges. And so what that means is we partner with a number of summer programs and national programs. So there's a programs, and I have to state the names of some of these programs because they could be beneficial to students and families. So there's the LEADA program, um, Leadership Enterprise for a Diverse America, which is a summer enrichment program here at Princeton um, where they select 101 students that um, have the op- from around the country um, that have the opportunity to spend six weeks on Princeton's campus, and then they get ongoing support throughout their senior year and application to college. Um, there's a program called the Princeton Summer Journalism Program, which is a two-week journalism program. Application should be open soon, if not already, um, for juniors, and they spend about um, 11, 12 days on Princeton's campus with top journalists from, uh, engaged journalists from around the country. And again, they get ongoing support throughout their time um, in their senior year in their application to college. Um, we have um, um, Matriculate, which is a national program that's part of the, um, 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 the College Point um, initiative, which is a Bloomberg Foundations um, program. And I'm saying a lot of names here, um, but um, Matriculate is one program there, and um, College Advising Corps is another program connected with them. But there are a range of programs on Princeton's campus that we're really proud to support, um, or that aren't on Princeton's campus that are partners externally that we um, have the opportunity to support and um, Um, their support of students. And, um, you know, we're part of the American Talent Initiative. Um, uh, President Eisgruber, um, um, the president of Princeton University, sits on the steering committee for that initiative. And those are colleges and universities around the country, public, private, um, state flagships, IVs, small liberal arts, that have committed to expand the number of low to moderate income students 
that can attend a selective colleges and universities. And there's a commitment to veterans and um, community college students in that. And so one other program that we, two other programs I want to make sure I mention is Warrior Scholars Program, which are for veterans, um, enlisted veterans to be able to um, transfer to college and the service to schools. Both programs are to make sure that we're addressing this gap of um, veterans transitioning from the military and accessing selective colleges and universities and bringing their perspective. So my work is really about working with these great partners, but also working with partners around the country to make sure there's that informed counseling that, that, that's available. So working with school districts to, make, to, to see how we might support um, teachers and administrators as they try to guide students to selective colleges and universities. So um, it's a great honor and privilege, and, and um, I get to learn a lot from, um, from, from some of the great people out there doing amazing work on the ground every day. Uh, that, that is amazing. Really good information and really good opportunities. Um, what are the, some of the deadlines? Do they, the deadlines to apply to these come up in February or uh, January? Yeah. For the programs that are on Princeton's campus, um, I, I believe LIDA may still be open or it may have just closed. I'm sorry. Um, no. but, but again, this can be for an 11th for a, for a sophomore, uh, a frosh, or a middle school student. Um, it, it usually happens in the spring, in the fall. Um, Princeton Summer Journalism Program, that is usually in February. And there are several other programs. And I'll soon have a website, um, opportunity.princeton.edu, that you'll be able to, to find that information. Unfortunately, it probably won't go live until um, early January. But um, but it's an opportunity not to timestamp this, but <laughs> there's an opportunity for um, for students to learn about all of these amazing programs at that website. And go to Princeton.edu. Um, you can you know you can do a search of college access and find out about um, some of the amazing programs that happen through the university. Uh, uh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm always asking sort of general deadlines because someone who's listening who's a freshman might be thinking, okay, when I get to be a junior, I, I want to plan ahead. So, uh, so listeners, the deadlines, the deadlines for really competitive summer programs do begin as early as fall of junior yep. year and very early of spring of senior of junior year. So, really, you want to be planning ahead. So. No worries. Uh, thank you for that information. And, and I, I thank you for pointing that out about making sure ninth graders know so they can plan ahead. That's so important because um, it also may influence your course selection. So often as I work with schools across the country, they have, and I'm going to speak to particular populations, um, they're low to moderate income, African-American, Latino students are either not recommended to take honors AP or IB courses or choose not to take honors AP or international baccalaureate courses. And to be honest, if those courses are available to you, you should be pursuing those opportunities at your high school, sometimes even if you're not recommended, um, because it's important that you're doing that if you want to be considered. The grade is not enough. The rigor of your classes really matter. 
Yes. Uh, what you're saying is about advocating for yourself know, and knowing what to advocate for. I love it. Exactly. Um, one more thing that I think we definitely need to mention because it sticks with me from my visit is the low, if any, amount of loan debt that a student leaves from Princeton. So can you share a bit about the philosophy of uh, the financial aid um, program at, at Princeton? Yes. Um, well, you know, Princeton um, really believes, um, trustees, the president, and and the larger community uh, really believe that um, cost should not be a barrier to attendance. Um, and so um, there's a commitment by the university, an ongoing commitment, one, to um, um, we're a no-loan university, which means that you know, after students have completed the FAFSA and CSS profile and their financial uh, paperwork has been evaluated, um, we meet 100% of need in grants and grants aid. And so um, we do not have a loan requirement as a part of that. Now, there's a difference between need and want. <laughs> um, but, uh, but definitely in terms of need, we meet 100% um, of need and grants. And so, you know, 83% of our students graduate, um, of the most recent graduating class, graduated with no debt. And of those students who had any debt, that number is usually somewhere around $9,000 um, over their four years of attending the university um, that their total debt was on average. Um, but 83% graduated with no debt at all. You know, so there's the financial aid commitment, and that's one thing. But that commitment to aid transfers to things like internships at um, working for um, a summer job that may not um, 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 be able to pay a student for our low to moderate income students, um, study abroad, that financial aid carries over. So there's ongoing funding commitments to be part of the university overall, not just sitting in a class, but the entire experience. So listeners, just so you know, you have to apply through FAFSA and CSS profile to be to to be eligible and qualify for any aid that they're going to offer you, but for uh, 83% to be graduating with no debt um, is incredible, and those that are leaving with debt to have less than $9,000 over four years, when the average is the average across the country is leaving college at least with $40,000 of loans, and that will take you some time to to pay off. I, I should so, say, and, and Princeton, Princeton, you know, we actually have our own financial aid form because we also didn't want students to have to pay to apply for financial aid. So we, I mentioned CSS profile because it's used by the larger, by a, a great number of private institutions. Princeton actually uses its own form because we didn't want that again to be a barrier. Uh, wow. What a commitment. That's really great. Oh, I'm just falling in love with Princeton more and more, the more you talk. <laughs> so probably our listeners are too. <laughs> um, okay, so to, to round up, my, my last question is, is this, and that is, I mean, you, you've dropped several golden nuggets today, but uh, what is one tip that you can offer students who are dreaming about Princeton? So the one tip I, I would I would um, send to I would give to students who are considering Princeton um, 
is apply. <laughs> I yeah. say that, and it's, it, but that's number one, apply. But I would also encourage them. I think sometimes when you get to this dream school, it's, um, it becomes a matter of, well, of course, duh, I, Princeton would be my school. I encourage them to actually think about who they would be on Princeton's campus, right? What program, what major, not that they've always thought about, but why would you do it at Princeton? So take time to look at the course catalog, to look at the offerings of programs, to look at the experiences available at Princeton, and be able to speak to that in your application. Who will you be on Princeton's campus? Um, and I would say that's true no matter what school you apply to. Be able to speak to who you would be on that campus, not based on your general interest. It's not, you don't have to be a declared major, but you should have interest. And you should be able to speak to why you, how you might pursue those interests on the campus. Um, that's, that would be a tip I would share with them. Oh my goodness. So, so good. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much for your wisdom um, and your candor and your honesty, your own authenticity of sharing your personal story and your, and your passion. Your passion for this comes through loud and clear. So thank you for taking time with me today. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Cynthia. Thank you for all the great work you're doing getting these messages out to the families and students out there um, in the country and across the world. Thank you. Thank you. Well, listeners, you've heard it, the tips, the tales, and the truths right here from Kevin. But I want to tell you, the real truth is this. Push yourself outside your comfort zone. Pursue what you care about. Plan ahead. Advocate for yourself. You know where you're headed. You know where you're dreaming. You've got to find mentors and peers that are like-minded and learn from them. Apply broadly and never. My favorite quote from Kevin today was, don't underestimate your value. Opportunities will reveal themselves wherever you are dreaming. And finally, think about who will you be who will you become on that campus? And you'll find the campus that's perfect for you. That's all I have for you today. My friends, thank you for joining me and Kevin today. If this episode has in any way fueled your confidence or helped build your dreams, please share this episode with three people in the next 30 minutes. You can join the conversation on our Facebook group, Destination University, open to all parents, no matter your grade level. If you found me, you are a parent, a mentor, or an advocate for college-bound teens. Come on over and join the conversation and get the insider scoop. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing so many great insights on accessing college, no matter your background. It's so important for our families to truly believe that they can dream. And speaking of dreaming, next week our guest comes to us from Hawaii, University of Chaminade. Vice President for Enrollment, Ed Devine, joins us to talk about the importance of kumu moments, or what we call sage advice from adults. Ed Devine has been a leader in college admissions for over 20 years and most recently worked at the highly selective Lafayette College in Easton, Pennsylvania. I'll see you next Wednesday at noon Pacific for another episode of Destination University. Until then, 
wherever you are. May you have a happy and sunny day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening this week to Destination University. Be sure to join Dr. Cynthia Colon again and get one step closer to your success. 